Welcome back to the Legal Weekly Wine, where we talk about the hottest legal topics in the U.S. for the week. I'm Virginia Tarani. And I'm Chelsea Rogers. We're part of Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer. Till you do. All right. It is the week of May 9th. April 9th. God, <laughs> April 9th. This is, I'm doing it again. We just talked about this. The panic that just set into my heart, <laughs> even though we just discussed it. As soon as you said, I was like, <gasps> yeah, no, it's. It's me. It's my Just kidding, fault. guys. We are just messing with you. <laughs> I'm trying to make Chelsea graduate sooner. I mean, honestly. <laughs> um, but that is not the news this week. The news this week, there's a lot going on. Oh, yeah. um, so we had to pick some things, but there's a lot of more little things going on than one or two major things. Yes. Um, so we've gone back this week to one of the topics we've covered um, at least once or twice before, but there's a new development in it, and what I think is a very significant development for the Newport News, Virginia school shooting case. Yes. Um, And this was the one with the six-year-old shooting his teacher. So it wasn't one of the mass shootings, but it was significant because it was at the beginning of the year, and it was a six-year-old shooting his teacher. And she, we've touched on it before, miraculously survived and had filed a civil suit. But now we are in the criminal realm. Yes, we are. We have finally gotten more into that. And we're going to touch on that topic, which I I am very interested in. Um, for various reasons, Find uh, stay tuned to find out. Yes. Find out what has transpired, what is more interesting now than before, what moves and counter moves have been made. Who's being charged, what they're being charged with. Y'all, I'm excited to talk about this one. Yeah, it's it's been coming for a little while, and finally we have it. So that's this week. And the second topic we're going to do this week is, I know we've been talking a lot about Trump, but it's not Trump. It's everything happening legally with him is just the myriad of legal issues that he has brought up or that has been brought up with uh, surrounding him is so fascinating. Yeah. And for this week, we have yet a different topic yes. legally. Yes, we have a lawsuit, correct? A different lawsuit. A different lawsuit. So we yeah, have, we've clarify. had criminal indictments mm-hmm. we've had other civil lawsuits against trump but now speaking of moves and counter moves we have a lawsuit between the district attorney for new york mm-hmm. the one who did indict trump correct <laughs> and congress because um, why not just stir the pot <laughs> some more? So let's add the legislature in. Um, so now we've got a whole nother branch of the government mm-hmm. um, that we're dealing with. So there's a, a standoff between Congress and uh, um, New York, Mr. Bragg's office. <laughs> um, but there is now a lawsuit that Mr. Bragg, through his office, has filed against um, a specific member of Congress to get an injunction and we're going to find out why oh yeah there's a lot to this one there is a lot to this one so stay tuned this is these are the two topics for the week um we're now going to get into very quick updates last week we had longer updates we're going to hit them kind of quick this week um and then we're going to taste our wine because it is the legal weekly wine and we always have some wine so Grab a drink. Join us. Yes. Thank you, Chelsea, for reminding us. <laughs> I forget because I always have my wine here. Um, Trust me, I will never forget. 
<laughs> so don't forget your wine. Um, do grab a glass. Grab a glass of something um, that you like and join us for happy hour because it is Friday and happy hour to wrap up the week. And we all should be relaxing somehow. I think that's it. You're exactly right. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so yeah, quick announcements. Um, Chelsea is going to be graduating from law school. It, it is official. She even got her cap and gown. I did. See it's her goofy. on TikTok. It's so goofy. <laughs> I hate it. I loved your um, comment about you looking like Captain America. Yes, with the like the red, white, and blue situation. <laughs> I- <laughs> so check that out. Um, but she's going to be graduating in May. And because of that, um, this is a, a joint show where she and I do it together. Um, we also do the law unscripted. So mm-hmm. as we discussed last week, there is an official company called the law unscripted LLC that's encompassing, mm-hmm. um, our podcast, yes. but we're also going to be doing bar review this year. So we're going to do some bar review this summer. That does not include the legal weekly wine, but it means we're going to take a, a one week break for April 28th. We're going to take a break. You mm-hmm. won't hear from us that week. We'll pick it up again the next week. Our final show for this season, though, will be May 12th. Yes. So about a month. Yes. So in about a month, that'll be our final show for this season. That'll wrap us up for the spring. Give Chelsea a chance to graduate. Yes. Then we will pick up for a shorter summer season. Um, We have decided that those weeks are going to be the Friday, June 2nd through Friday, July 21st. Chelsea's going to be in and out, possibly. She is going to be studying for the bar, so we're going to give her a break. But I'm going to be on all of those eight weeks. We're going to have some guest stars, including um, Dr. John Vile, who um, is a professor and scholar in the Constitution and amending process and is going to work us through the Supreme Court decisions this summer. Um, We'll also have another guest star, too, which, again, I'm still excited about. And then we'll have, we'll take another break and then come back again in the fall with Chelsea again. Can you believe it? When we come back, I'll have taken the bar. You will have. And then we're going to see by October whether she's passed. Oh my passed. God, I can't even think about that yet. I'm stressing her out, so. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I feel like that meme where like the room is on fire and you're like, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's just fine. Yeah, we're fine. She's fine. It's going to be it. fine. We're, we're doing awesome. Yes, we are. You're doing great. We're here. And we're going to drink now. So, oh my gosh, perfect. I swear we don't only drink red wines. I had a friend of mine who started watching the podcast and he's like, do you only drink reds? It's like, um, no. We spice it up. We've done, I mean, we've done, I feel like a good mix. Do we drink a lot of reds on here? Apparently we do. We need a um, chart. And Ooh. I think a lot, yeah, we should do a chart like, now. And, and like do like a bingo card of like what we, what type oh, of Oh, that's kind of funny. Would you guys play along at home if we make like a play weekly along. wine Bingo card. Oh, that was so funny. I think that would be hilarious. So we should make it. And make a little little stamp, a little bingo stamp. (laughs) (laughs) A little bingo stamp to go along. See how many cabs we actually drink because we've got another cab. I think I've realized I like cabs. They're good. Um, We could also do like bingo squares that every time we say fantastic or brilliant and do like a play along. Fantastic, brilliant or interesting. Yeah. Oh, we should. We should. Bingo cards are coming. I now how I uh, found out how I am going to procrastinate from doing <laughs> no, my school. The bar in the school you've got to finish. <laughs> um, but so we do have another Cabernet. Um, this one's really the bottle's beautiful. It is an H three, okay. which is technically Horse Heaven Hills. 
is this wine. And I will put a picture, a larger picture, um, in our description and possibly on our YouTube podcast so that you can see it. Um, but yes, it's inspired by the wild horses that used to roam the horse heaven Hills. Anyway, this one is, yeah. So it's a 2020 and that's the one we're going to drink. I will put a, um, a link to this wine and the title of the wine in the description for both the audio and the YouTube version. And let's get this let's started. Do it. Here we go. Woohoo. Cheers. That's nice. a good one. What are your thoughts? It's heavier than our other cags that we've done. I feel like it has a, like, a, I don't know the word, the wine word for it, or it's like a more of a mix of flavors. Like there's a lot. Yeah, there is a lot going on. I think it's fuller bodied. There you okay, there we go. <laughs> It definitely has, let me see, the balance of earthy and deep berry flavors Mm -hmm. and a cocoa finish. Um, Or cacao, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's cocoa. Cocoa? It does, I don't know, chocolatey finish. That's how I'm going to interpret it with my non-wine expertise. Um, I'm a lawyer, but I like wine. Hey, you know what lawyers are number one in? (laughs) Drinking? They are. (laughs) They actually are. We do have ethics classes about alcoholism, alcoholism because we are the profession with the number one rate of alcoholism. I'm not shocked. Okay. Even as being, I worked in a bar as a shot girl. I was a waitress in the service industry kind of has a reputation for partying yeah. hard. I ain't got nothing on lawyers. I'm telling you the wildest things I have seen were from people who have passed the bar. They were not from servers. Yeah, so went to um, one conference. We never are again. not engaging in alcoholism, no. nor do we support it. A glass of wine here and there um, for happy hour on a Friday is very nice. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, that's good. It is good. It has like it I like good. it. There's a lot happening, which I like. It is a lot more happening on my palate. Like the when you taste it, you're like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Do you like our expert wine reviews right here? <laughs> To get if you have better words, taste the wine. You know what? Taste know. the wine. Tell us how you would describe it. Um, oh, I would and love what that. You are tasting on your palate. I think there's definitely blackberry. Okay, hold on. Maybe there's not, but that's what I'm tasting. I can taste. I also will say this one. I could smell before we even took a drink. Like it's yeah, it smells really good. It's very fragrant. <laughs> God, I swear. It's Fridays. It's I, Fridays for it's me. It's the end of the week. We are in the busy season, y'all. Yeah. I tried really to like busy. gamify my calendar and made a bingo card out of it instead of having a traditional calendar because the next five, six weeks are about to be a wild ride. Yes, they are. Um, it's going to be good. For you. You're going to be fine. I'm excited. Like, it's getting to the point fine. where it's exciting because I don't have time to be stressed. <laughs> like I just got to keep moving. I function just well like that. Stay for the ride. Stay, hang on tight and enjoy the ride that yes. you have. Okay, so what's happening okay. in Newport yeah, News? You heard me shuffling my notes, my infamous notes. Um, you'll see them on the table I in added, the video. I added some on this time, and you cannot read them in comparison to Well, that's why wrote. when we get to those notes, we're going to move them <laughs> sideways so that Chelsea can interpret them for us. Like, I knew my handwriting was bad, but seeing it next to, like, Virginia's, like, perfect <laughs> typewriter handwriting, I'm like, I oh, my have, God. I don't know if anybody can see this on the video. It's probably the lighting isn't great. But we will show it when we get have... to mine. It looks like chicken scrawl. <laughs> Fairly good handwriting. We'll never forget the first time I was in the fifth grade. And then my, my te- professor, teacher, she was like, making fun of my handwriting. 
And she picked up, I'll never forget this boy who sat next to me had like gorgeous cursive. His name was John Aspinwall because I'll never forget because she took his paper off of his desk and was like, try to write like this. Like, I'll never forget it. And then I was like, no, guess what? I did it. <laughs> you should be a doctor instead of a lawyer. For sure. <laughs> Don't go back to school. Oh my God. No, I can't do I Blood, I'd pass out. Done. Yeah. Done zone. Maybe I'll go to like business school, cosmetology school. Cosmetology school. Okay. Because yeah. I need scissors, right? Like, give me some Yeah, because that's exactly what you need. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> no scissors, no guns. And speaking of guns, we're going to get into Rich Neck Elementary School. Yes. So, that's um, Newport News. Newport News, January 6th. So, right at the beginning of the year. Quick recap for those who haven't heard, haven't caught up on it. Um, need to a refresher on the, the the short facts of it. We actually did a podcast on this. It was one of our first mm-hmm. um, through the le- legal. Oh my god! Legal I weekly wine. Talk. Is it like a tongue twister? Legal weekly wine. Legal weekly yes, wine. Yes, thank you. You had to do your warm ups. Really, <laughs> I see this all the time, but I really haven't drunk anything. No, you until haven't. now. I just can't. It's been a long week, y'all. I think that it's is, been a really long that's week. That's the truth. Not a bad week, but a very long week. And that's okay. I'm just, okay, I'm going to try to yes. enunciate a little bit better. <laughs> I told her she had to do her theater warm-ups, like the A-E-I-O-U with your mouth. Okay, that's what you've got to do. <laughs> got to do that before these podcasts so that I can say one of our first Legal Weekly Wine episodes on January 13th was about the shooting. Yes. That had happened on the 6th. Um, I mean, it was, I mean... It was national news. Mm-hmm. It's not, we are in, I mean, area generally. We're near Virginia and yeah. you've worked in Newport News, but this yes. is national news. You had a kindergartner mm-hmm. shoot their teacher, not once, but twice. Right. Um, she's a very young teacher. She's like 23, 24. Yeah. Um, very young. Abby's Werner is her name. Um, she, like you said yeah. earlier, she survived um, and she got her class students. out, her students out. I just cannot wrap my brain around that. The act of heroism. Yes. I mean, to have been shot and worry about the students you had care of. Right. To make sure that they were safe, they were ushered out of the room and taken care of and then get your own help. Yeah. Um, we have not touched other shootings um, or other school shootings. This one we have um, because of the legal issues um, that have surrounded it. And I think there's a little bit of it, at least to me, um, talking about this one, I think it's just a little bit different than touching on sort of the typical school shooting. I hate to say that, but typical, right now they are, they are typical or that you just have a, a scenario where you have someone who we've talked about on the other episode, just of a sort of a lack of mental culpability that can really be there. And like, how does this occur versus someone who generally older is entering there with the intent to do as much destruction as possible. I just feel like there's a very different conversation. Right. So we're not in an argument or conversation about gun control. No. That's for other people. We are on the legal issues. And yes, the questions are, how does how does a six-year-old in the classroom do this, right? What culpability, what kind of responsibility should be had by whom? Is it him? Can he be culpable? And I think that we talked about that sort of on our first episode. Mm -hmm. I'll stand firm. I don't think a six-year-old can be 
held responsible for that. I just really don't think their brains have not formed to me. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody who thinks six-year-olds can. That's not me. That's not the hill I'm going to die on. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, and I've said it before, a six-year-old does not get their hands on a gun unless somebody else did something wrong. And that's exactly where we are. There was an investigation, and we said in the episode of, look, it's going to have to be decided, and the police were already on an investigation as to how does the six-year-old get his hands on a gun and bring it into school to shoot someone. Um, And that was the investigation from the very beginning. That was immediately taken up by the Newport News Police Department, and it has now been reviewed by the Newport News Commonwealth's attorney. And that there are a lot of different names for district attorneys. So the common one that people hear is the district attorney, which Mm -hmm. is the prosecutor, the lead prosecutor in the jurisdiction, whether it's the city, the county, whatever. In some areas, it's the state's attorney. So in Maryland, they're the state's attorneys. In Virginia, they're the Commonwealth's attorneys. That's what they're called. They're one of two commonwealths yeah. rather than states still in the country. No, there's three. three. Remember, That's we right. This That's up. right. Pennsylvania was the other. Who was the third? Massachusetts. Thank you. So one of three, in including Kentucky, I think. four. I four? don't know. Very few. Look, I was so proud of us that we knew that last time. <laughs> Check out our other one. Thing, right? The state's attorney, the DEA, mm-hmm. the prosecutor, the person who's bringing the charges. Yes. So in this case, it's the Commonwealth's attorney. It's Howard Gwynn is the Commonwealth's attorney. And I actually worked under him right. um, for a number of years in Newport News um, in the 2012 time period um, and and afterwards. So I know I, I haven't kept up with him, but I know Howard Gwynn. I know the defense attorney for, um, for the mother. So what we talked about was it is most likely that charges were going to be investigated and reviewed for the parents right of is it something that the parents should be responsible for in having their child get access to a gun to do the shooting yes um is it possible for a six-year-old to be charged of course anything's possible but like you said yeah the culpability the mental Part of it, the intent part of it, isn't the same as an adult. And that's actually what the Commonwealth's attorney declared. Is a few weeks ago, um, he declared there would not be charges against the six-year-old shooter because of a lack of culpability. Um, Not that he didn't do it, um, because he did, but it's the intent. You have to, in order to prove a crime, you have to have the act. And the intent. Look at that. Actus reus, mens rea. And the mens rea is the intent. And even though, yes, the six-year-old purposely shot the teacher, what was the intention behind it? Could he fully um, develop and use an informed understanding and action and intent to shoot, to harm, to maim, to kill? Right. Um, And in this case, they decided that a six-year-old would not be able to formulate the the correct intent. Yeah. So they have not charged the six-year-old and have come out with a press release about that. But they did, based on the investigation notes that were presented by the police department, they have chosen to charge someone else. Who did they charge? They charged his mother. And that is um, James Ellenson is the defense attorney for his mother. I know him, Jimmy. Um, Again, (laughs) I don't know him personally in in the terms of I haven't kept up with him, but I used to work with him in the sense that he was one of the defense attorneys that um, I would normally go 
against the legal world is a small one it really is um but he is the mother's attorney they have made several statements between him and the mother through him um we have talked about those statements before they aren't necessarily the most kind would be a good term yeah advisable they're like cold kind of callous yeah um, so those statements will and can be used against her because she made them publicly and through her attorney and through the attorney, there has been a statement that she kept the gun in her closet. Okay. Yes. So she declared publicly that she kept the gun in the closet, apparently on a shelf. Um, the question that we don't know right now is how else was it secured? Because, and, uh, but even then, like I, either your kid's Spider-Man or you're lying, <laughs> Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, I don't know a lot of six-year-olds, but I haven't met one that's as tall as I am, and I can barely reach the top of a closet. So you're lying. Like, she has to be lying. Well, or, you know, he pulled a a ladder or a step stool Without anybody noticing, then that's neglect, right? This is my thing, is that there's no way saying this out loud was a good idea for her or that she's not implicating herself in another crime. Right. So that has been the question um, plaguing this case is, can the mother be held responsible? Can she be criminally or civilly charged? Mm -hmm. And with what? And the other other thing swirling around this whole case is the extent to which, if at all, Mm -hmm. the school administrators and staff can be charged or held liable in a civil suit. I would be very interested to see if any criminal charges come, I mean, we know she's filed a lawsuit. I think it's forty million. Yeah, I think that's right. As is, she should. Um, yes, she filed. I think last week officially, mm-hmm. forty million dollar lawsuit against the school officials for gross negligence. Because, or at least what they're alleging in their complaint is that they were notified multiple times mm-hmm. that a child, and that child specifically, had a gun, and they failed to investigate appropriately. Right. There was an, some idea has come out that at least one administrator checked his backpack um, and a gun wasn't found, but there were other complaints that were made that day about the students, by, students, by other teachers, by mm-hmm. that teacher in particular, that there was a risk that there was possibly a gun that threats had been made. Um, there are a lot of things coming out. And then previously, Threats that he had that this own this child had made, um, I think the year before his prior teacher, maybe he's in first grade and it's his prior teacher oh, yeah. in kindergarten said that he had what tried tried to strangle her or something. So I throwing it all the way back, the whole thing was is this was the first week of his parents not accompanying him to every class because clearly, this child is having some difficulties. Um, we yeah. don't have a diagnosis. We don't know what's wrong, but clearly there's something that's not quite right. Um, and it seems from my outside perspective, the school administration mm-hmm. was not taking that as a serious risk because I doubt, and I'll say this, I doubt if it was an older student administration would have responded like that. If you had a yeah. 16 or 17 year old behaving like that, they wouldn't brush off the concerns. But I think part of the reason the concern was brushed off was his age. What harm could a six-year-old really do, right? And I think that that is grossly negligent. Yeah, and that's that's what we're going to find out. So the civil lawsuit has sued um, 
the school um, administrators and staff. I don't, I haven't seen the actual lawsuit, so it's possible that she's also sued like the school board, um, Newport News School Board. I'd be interested to see all of the players she actually sued. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try to get my hands on a copy of that lawsuit. Um, But they have been sued. And Howard Gwynn, in his press release this week, did say that he's asked the circuit court to impanel, I'm trying to get the words right, to impanel a special grand jury to investigate any individuals and security issues that may have also contributed to the shooting for any criminal implications. I would be curious to see if there, I mean, this is not something we want ever to happen. No. Um, and I think a lot, you know, a lot of times in sort of these school violence situations, sometimes I think they're just not sort of standard operating procedures that even if followed would have prevented it. But in this situation, it does seem like they messed up. Yeah. I mean, there seemed to have been, this doesn't seem to have been a surprise incident. No. Yes, that he shot her. Yes, that he had a gun. But that he behaved violently? Mm-hmm. No. Yes, correct. That his behavior was previously violent, that it was foreseeable that he could and would do further violence. And especially on a day where his parents aren't there. Right. That that was a greater risk where greater care should or could have been taken. And in torts, which is civil law, um, a negligent action for someone who did a wrong Mm -hmm. um, that's not criminal is the whole idea is, is it foreseeable? Right. Was this a foreseeable harm that could have been prevented? And that's the civil lawsuit. But in conjunction with that, there is now a criminal investigation. So it was with the parents for sure. what are the charges? The mother has officially, that investigation has ended. Yeah. And it ended with a regular grand jury indictment. So we've done a lot of talk about Mm -hmm. grand jury indictments, especially around Trump. Yep. So go back to those to listen and, and understand the grand juries a little bit more. But- they're a different type of jury that is that meets to determine felony charges or charges brought in the upper level courts mm-hmm. against individuals for crimes. And in this case, it was a normal grand jury indictment. So they didn't arrest her. Okay. They didn't go right. through lower court right. to get to higher court. They didn't have a preliminary hearing. They went straight through the grand jury. Yeah. For a full indictment for the misdemeanor that every thought person thought was going to happen of basically endangering a child by reckless storage of a firearm. Right. Um, so failing to properly secure a handgun. So that was not unexpected. Yeah, that that was what like, everyone was saying. But there's a felony charge. That you knew was coming. I did. Okay. So they charged her with 18.2-371.1B1. Okay. That is the Virginia Code section that they charged her with. That, by the way, she quoted off the top of her head no, back no, in our no. episode. Oh, yeah, back in the episode. Yes, you did. <laughs> and you were just like, I, if I was a prosecutor, this is what I would do. And apparently it just like threw the universe, like sent out. It, it happened, sure enough. No, but, and this is the thing nobody was talking about. No. In the news, all the legal pundits were out there saying, oh, it's the firearms, you know, one, and this is just a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. This is the only thing she could be charged with. And it's like, nope, there's another charge. And sure enough, sure enough, there it is. It It is abuse and neglect of a child. And I think that makes a lot of sense to me. The way that it's phrased, okay? And it's exactly the one that I said 
could be used yeah, if they were looking it. at it. And the, the verbiage is basically a parent is guilty of abuse or neglect mm-hmm. if they're in a care of a child under 18. So it could be a care, parent or a guardian, but we're going to say parent, right? Because yeah. this is the parent. A parent in charge of a, a child who's under 18 whose, quote, whose willful act or omission mm-hmm. in the care of a child was so gross, wanton, and culpable as to show a reckless disregard for human life. Perfect. That's what she was charged with. Yep. Um, and it doesn't have to be any one particular human. It doesn't have to be a lot of people think of abuse and neglect of, oh, it's abuse and neglect of a child. Yeah. Yes, but it doesn't have to be just that child who's endangered. Right. And this is on the civil side, too. I've been thinking about this. Personally, obviously, the teacher is suing. If I was a parent of a kid in that classroom, I would be suing as well. I would be suing her personally. Um, I would be suing the school. Yeah. And not that I am particularly litigious, but I would just the fury. I cannot imagine. Yeah. I mean, this was was extremely traumatic. And he could have, I mean, he could have shot any of those children. Anybody. Yeah. Including himself. So True. let's think about it this way. The most likely normal, yeah. foreseeable risk for any child. Let's take away even this particular child. Accidental shooting. Having a gun is accidentally shooting himself mm-hmm. or a sibling. Yes. Right? That is the most common issue that comes up with improper security of a firearm. Yeah. Is themselves, a parent, or a sibling. They think it's a toy. Right. They don't understand what guns are for. They don't fully understand and appreciate what guns yeah. do. This is how deaths occur. So according to this particular statute, it doesn't say gun. It just says that the the act or omission Mm -hmm. in a care of a child has put other human beings at risk. That could be their own child at risk or another human being. So in this case, it was all of them. Even though he didn't shoot himself, he could have, it did endanger him. Right. And it clearly endangered the lives of the students with him, Mm -hmm. his teacher and others. So this is the the charge they chose to indict her on. And I'm not smiling because it's a happy thing. So, okay, please don't misunderstand. Haters out there, I am not happy that this happened, nor am I happy that a child did this. It is tragic. Um, I'm smiling because... It's a creative use of the law in a way to hold someone accountable. Legally, this is interesting. This is why I'm an attorney. This is interesting stuff. And I knew, I was like, okay... I mean, creative, but it's not a stretch, right? No. And a grand jury agreed that based on whatever investigation facts that were revealed in the grand jury, that they thought those facts fit this statute. I mean, and I think truly the fact that a six-year-old has a gun and took it to school, for me, maybe I have a low bar of what was satisfied. That's it for me. It's all I need to know. Mm-hmm. Six-year-old got their hands on a gun and got to school with it. That is a reckless, like a six-year-old cannot practice gun safety, like unsupervised. Right. Like, you know, if you want to teach your kid to like go out and hunt in the woods, that's not my business. I don't care. But like something like this. This is different. Yes. So I'm going to be very fascinated to see what facts come out as to how they think that the child got access to the gun um, and what the mother has said. So he that's cl- he's the Spider-Man. He climbed up the closet, apparently. Right. That makes me so... Like, I'm sorry. 
And this is it, a tragic situation. Mm-hmm. Stop lying. Come out and say, I made a mistake. Yeah. And that mistake had horrific consequences. And I am sorry. Yeah. Not, I don't know. I, I kept it safe. I kept it up in the closet. Shut up. Shut up. Right. I can't. This make, like Stuff like this makes me so mad. Yeah. Like own up to it. But nobody wants to, right? If she owns up to it, then she will be guilty yes. of a felony. If she owns up to it, she will have to pay for a civil suit. I think she's nobody gonna, wants to be found guilty I mean, and be responsible. I'll put I'll put my bets on the table now. I think she will be anyways, and I think there will be people like me who will see her making those statements and like it really put them off and not feel mm-hmm. sympathetic towards her. Yeah, we'll see how like, like truly. If I was on that jury, like I'm, that would take away any sympathy I had for her as a statement yeah. like that because. Gross. Gross. I think she's going to plead out. Um, I could be wrong, but I I think they're going to try to do a plea. The max amount of um, time that she could get, it's a class six felony, which is up to five years in jail. So that's the max amount of time she can get. Um, If this, I will say, if this goes to jury, either on the criminal side or the civil side or both, I will be there. This is one trial I will see in person. Oh, that's Um, a good point. We can go. We can go. I keep forgetting. We We can can even stay with friends of mine. That would be so fun. And a couple of the judges, I mean, I've practiced in front of some of the judges, but some of my supervisors, two of my supervisors are now judges in Newport Newport News. I think that would be interesting. I cannot wait till we get to like do this more often, like cover like live action. Like yeah. I'm here at the courthouse. I'm reporting <laughs> dream. dream. We are here live That's in the I'm legal saying. weekly wine <laughs> outside Newport news. Please don't leave your phones in your car. They will get stolen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. <laughs> Which is true. But anyway, <laughs> there used to oh be no nannies there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if he's still there, but when I was there, I swear. So I have to tell a little story and yes. then we're going to move on to the, the oh other God, case. Still, like, dying. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> you do not understand how unsafe that area was. So I don't know how it is now. It's been um, less than a decade since I worked there. But while I was there, it w- was extremely dangerous place to work because it was in the heart of downtown, mm-hmm. um, which was a very high crime, high crime area. And we had the parking garage, which was <laughs> underneath the Commonwealth attorney's office oh, and I across the street. Garages. Yeah. Apart, across the street was the courthouse. So some of the most dangerous places in Newport news was this, this area. Um, and, you couldn't bring your phones into court unless you were an attorney and you oh, so still can't. Everybody's phones are just in their car. <laughs> right. Um, so oh my now, God. now I think they have lockers. Um, it's been a little while since I've been there, but I'm pretty sure that now they have lockers. You can put them in. But before that, that's like open season. That is. It oh is. So there was a guy, a very good entrepreneur, <laughs> um, in Newport news who was the hot dog guy. Okay. Okay. Um, there, there was one little food cart, and it was a little hot dog stand um, out in front of the Commonwealth's office on the sidewalk in between the the two, the, oh the road okay. right between the courthouse and the and the Commonwealth's office. And he would sell hot dogs. He's the only food vendor down there, except Smart. for the cafeteria. Um, he he must have been a millionaire because as many hot dogs as he sold, because he was the only food vendor. And people are starving, and yeah. people are starving. But he had a side hustle. Holding people's phones. Yes. 
Oh, that's genius. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm sorry. I know that was loud, but it hit. That yes. was genius. Oh, that is so smart. <laughs> so you would go and you would check your phone in with him and he would hold it for a price. And then you'd get out of court and pick back up your phone. That is so funny. Anyway. What a genius man. He, I mean, he was a smart guy. I He probably retired a millionaire in the Caribbean and no longer sells hot dogs down there. But I'm going to just have to take up the legacy. That's genius. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you're down there and you can't put it in the locker and you see the hot dog man, check it in with the hot dog man. Oh, that is so funny. Okay, I'm going to take us on a tangent yes. real quick, and then we're uh, getting right on okay. top. Well, I told a story. No, you no, can no. Do a tangent. It's only a small tangent. I just want to say, you know how we've been talking about juries so much, right? Yes, we have been. Okay. On the law scripted, we've been talking a lot about juries. But we we've also talked about juries with, like, Gwyneth Paltrow yes. case. And how I very much want to be on one. So this yes. is the only reason I'm bringing this up, because I have manifested something, apparently. Hulu oh, has yeah. just dropped a new series, and... The plot of this is that everybody there being called in for this jury is an actor, judges, attorneys, other people, except one man who thinks he's being called in for real jury duty. And they explain the cameras to him by saying that they're like filming a documentary about the jury process. And the shenanigans then ensue because he's like looking around when people start doing crazy things because they're all actors and he's just like a regular person. It's so good. I have to watch You that. have to. Like, truly, I have tears in my eyes thinking about some of the clips I have seen because <laughs> everyone around him is, like, improv And they're actors, the judge, the people playing attorneys, the witnesses, all of them. And he's, like, you can see him, like, kind of looking around when people start doing <laughs> stuff. And they do, like, interviews with him about, like, what he thinks because he thinks it's a documentary. And it's really that everyone around him is, like, punking him. It's amazing. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, we have to watch that. I was going to say, that was my small tangent because I just had put it out in the universe. And now I'm getting all these targeted ads for it. Um, <laughs> we have been talking a lot about juries. That's what it truly, like, the past week, all I have seen everywhere is this show being marketed at me. Sold. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan. Um but yeah, we might have to talk about it in our next couple episodes because okay. hysterical. Love it. Okay. So that was my small okay. tangent. That's that's really funny. Um, and then Newport News. So I went on a tangent too. No. It's only fair. We're good. But we're, it was um, a but good like, that transition is, Yes. Time. That's the update. Um, do stay tuned. We are going to continue covering this one. Um, but we are going to, in the next little bit of time that we have, we're going to switch to our second topic, which is Trump this. again. <laughs> Trump, but not Trump. Trump, but not Trump. Yeah. Again, it's it's like last week we were talking like about the Trump indictments. That yeah, it's about Trump, and yeah, it's about Stormy Daniels, but sort yeah. of yeah. Um, so it's got Trump's name on it. It's got this one has the Republican Party, and God bless. I'm trying so hard to stay away from politics, but as soon as you say Trump, you're in politics. Yeah. Um. So legally, we are talking about Jim Jordan. Yes. Okay. He's the Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Committee in Congress. Okay. Mm -hmm. House of Representatives. That's who he is. And then. And then. Our other cast of characters. We have Alvin Bragg. Who is the. No, not assistant. He's a DA. He is. Yeah. Yeah. He's the district attorney. So Commonwealth's attorney in Newport News is Howard Gwynn. In Manhattan. He's the district attorney. Alvin Bragg is the district attorney. So he's in the in Law & Order SVO universe, right? Like, yes, yes. That's, that's the universe. Perfect. If you go through that, um, that is who he would be. 
I'm so sorry. I don't know. I'm just all over. I'm not taking my ADHD meds today. Oh, that's no, part of the okay. issue. I get it. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so we've got these two characters. Okay, we've got them facing off. We've got Jim Jordan and Alvin Bragg. But overall, it's the district attorney's office versus. Congress, yeah. right? These are basically the two players. Yeah. And what has happened is Trump was indicted last week. So last week, so the first week, full week in April, mm-hmm. he was, was arraigned. arraigned. Yes, he was arraigned last Tuesday. Yes. So he was indicted the week before. He was arraigned officially last Tuesday um, on criminal charges. And Jim Jordan, through the House Judiciary Committee or the Judiciary Committee, has subpoenaed, issued congressional subpoenas for two people, mm-hmm. both of whom are with or through the district attorney's office. Right. So as I understand it, I believe one of them is still serving in the district attorney's office, so but I don't public, know who that is. Holding a pu- like working in a public office job. I don't know what I, what I was trying for. Right. A public official. There right? we go. Um, and then the other one, I do know who that is. And let me make sure I say his name, Mark Pomerantz. Um, I don't know if I'm saying it right. I'm so sorry. Um, Mark Pomerantz was a district attorney there. So former, um, okay. So he was an assistant or associate or whatever the, the others, not the district attorney the is. The Right, the ADA. So the assistant district attorney working in the office before Bragg, he was on one of the teams, as I understand it, who investigated Trump. Interesting. Um, so he was part of this investigative team, kind of like the you know different offices, like you're hearing about Newport News, yeah. is they have a team designed to investigate people for possible crimes. Yeah. To determine if they can or should be indicted, and then to pursue the indictments. Well, before this recent indictment, there were other and or the same one mm-hmm. um, investigated in the office under a prior um, district attorney. Then Alvin Bragg came in. And he convened the grand jury? He Well, I don't know when. And that's okay. the question of the timing is when he came in into the investigation versus the new indictments. Was that all part of the same investigation? Okay. Had that investigation concluded and then the new investigation came in? Unclear. That's murky. Okay. Uh, at least to me. Maybe it's more clear to somebody else. But Mark Pomerantz, then um, he left the DA's office yeah. and published a book. Okay. He's actually published a book basically about how he's criticizing Alvin Bragg's legal judgments. Oh my okay, God. Especially okay. related to the Trump investigation. So he's now published this book. He is one of the two people that has been subpoenaed by Congress. So this is where we have already, you have the whole, like the federal government is mm-hmm. now getting involved in sort of state stuff. Yeah. And not even state politics. No, it's not even, I was, I almost said politics, but it's not politics. It's state legal action. Yeah. Um, which everybody's going to say is politically motivated. I don't know. Not my business. I don't know what these people are thinking, but on its face is just legal and not like not political. Correct. And I understand the argument sort of on both sides, but on its face, there seems to have been enough evidence for a grand jury to indict. Mm -hmm. That person was indicted. Period. Right. And that's exactly what Bragg's office is saying. 
is between Mark being subpoenaed and this other person who I believe works in his office still. um, He's saying, look, you're interfering with a state prosecution, a state criminal matter. This isn't even a federal indictment. No. It's not even a federal criminal proceeding. It is a state federal proceeding under... State criminal. State, yes. Thank you. State criminal proceeding in Manhattan. Yeah. Right? Um, and what he is seeing is this is inappropriate that Congress does not have oversight of state prosecutors or state prosecutions or information related to a state prosecution, which sounds true from my understanding of how our laws work. Federalism. Like we're throwing it back, like states' rights, federalism, Mm -hmm. This is kind of the argument, and I'll throw in my two cents, especially with like recent Supreme Court decisions, everything's getting kicked back to states to make their own decisions. Right. It seems, at least from the judiciary, which is not involved yet, that they are drawing a clear separation between federal laws and what is state's domain. This is strange. Yeah. In that context. Correct. Federalism does leave state state issues to the state. And does draw that distinction. You're exactly right. Um, So that's what Alvin Bragg is arguing is like, look, this is an improper use of congressional power, congressional power. The good. Yes, exactly. They don't have the power to investigate local prosecutions. Right. And it violates what he's seeing is the the great term is state sovereignty. Okay. So basically we're a republic. Everybody's like, oh, we're a democracy. Okay. We have democracy, but we are a republic. Right. Um, and the way that the republic has been set up is there's the federal government, but then there's state governments. That's right. why we have states. We're not just the United, you know, we're not just America. We're the United States of America. Right. So each state, even if they get federal funding, they actually have their ability to make their own state rules. We've talked about this before in mm-hmm. context of, again, in this area, lines are very, very close of that. Something that you could be prosecuted for in Virginia and end up in jail, you would get a ticket in Maryland. Like states have different rules. We know this. Yeah. You can charge, and that's why there are so many different bar examinations, right? Oh my God. Sadly, I can't abolish the bar. (laughs) (laughs) This is my call out there. Abolish the bar. I know. I mean, we can like figure out another way to assess people. I'm not saying like just let everybody be an attorney, but this whole like, especially in this area, Mm -hmm. when I'm telling you like, Everybody I know, everybody I'm in school with is so stressed because they will be practicing in all three jurisdictions and it is a scam. Yeah. (laughs) So I took the Virginia bar. Um, So I became an attorney in Virginia in 2005. Then I had to take, um, it's a partial bar, the lawyer's bar, whatever it's specifically called for Maryland. So I couldn't just wave into Maryland. I had to take another bar examination to get into Maryland. That was 2015. Mm -hmm. Then I did get reciprocity and waved into D.C. But I had to apply for each and every one. And I can't just go practice in Tennessee, even if I want to. Right. I have to make an application and submit. So each state has different laws. Yes. And what Bragg is saying is, look, New York law is different from federal law. Under New York law, I had the ability to pursue these particular charges. I didn't pursue federal charges. I pursued state charges. A grand jury in my jurisdiction believed that under state law, Mm -hmm. he could be 
at least it was reasonable cause to believe he committed crimes. So yes. that's what I've charged him under. So Congress stepping in as a federal organization an entity to oversee or question a state private affair violates federalism. Right. If you believe that, if you believe in a small federal government, you should be very concerned about this because Mm -hmm. this is, I mean, it is on its face, a federal government getting involved in what has always been sort of state's business. Right. So I think he has a legitimate argument. I do too. I, I really do. Now there's a lot of, Nuance. This is very cut and dry because it's very complicated, but this is sort of the cut and dry of it. Yeah, this is the summary. And I think it's a good and fair summary. Yeah. Accurate summary of what's going on. Um, And what is ultimately going... (laughs) The over part of it that we're trying not to touch, but you need to know, Mm -hmm. is... It's a political pissing match. Yes. Quite frankly. Oh, for sure. And that's what every side is saying is it's a pissing match between the Democrat district attorney right. and the Republican Senate or Republican congressional which judi- judiciary like, overseer. is fine if you wanted to have... I feel like for me, I agree. I This is for sure... That's the best word for it. Pissing match between these two men from different parties. Mm. The thing that's concerning, if it was a Republican in his state raising a fuss about this, like, okay, whatever. But, like, to me, it's the, that, I have too much libertarian in me that I'm like, I'm a little, <laughs> a little concerned about this, my friends. Yeah, and it's funny. People who watch the show are probably thinking, you know, I hate Trump or I'm anti-Trump or I'm a Democrat. And I've gotten a lot of haters who are like, oh, Which you, kills me. you love Hillary, Hillary Clinton. And, so. like, I'm, like, my political views are, like, to the left, to the left, like, constantly. <laughs> and I am dying because you're the one who gets all the flack. I am. So, I... I am. I try to be apolitical, which people don't believe, but I really try to <laughs> be. Really? Um, I, if I had to choose a political stance in any direction, which I really try not to, it, it's very moderate. Uh, yeah, it's I, very I, moderate, I, which well, nobody seems to I think fully exists agree anymore. Because I have to know, I'm nosy. I ask Virginia everything, and we talk about a lot of things. You are very moderate. I feel like in sort of the spectrum of opinions that I have seen and coming from <laughs> South Georgia to DC, it's been a lot. Very moderate. Yeah, I try to be. I honestly, um, I I don't vote a straight party line I ever. Me either. I've never done that. Either. I know. So I, you know, if anybody ever looks up my voting records, it will be um, a good mix. A, a good mix. It really will be. Um, so some sensibility here. We love it. Yeah. So I. I'm not saying I hate anyone in particular. I don't necessarily side with the Republicans or Democrats. Um, But in this case, legally speaking, I believe that Bragg has a fantastic argument in his suit. His actual civil suit Mm -hmm. has been filed in the Southern District of New York. Yes. Okay, so he's filed in a federal court. Right, so now we're (laughs) He's filed in a federal court. But his suit isn't just a normal civil lawsuit. It's really interesting. It is a motion or a suit to for preliminary for an injunction. Okay. So stop, stop, stop. Yeah. And an injunction you're filing to make someone do something or make someone stop something. Yes. That is what that type of lawsuit is. Um, so it's like, oh, you can just sue for negligence. No, you can sue to make someone do something right. or make someone stop something. And in this case, he has filed a suit to make Congress to prevent them from 
issuing or following through with these. So they've already issued the subpoenas or preventing them from acting, acting on the subpoenas. Mm-hmm. So he's called, it's a technically a motion to quash or a lawsuit to quash. That's how you say get rid of a subpoena is a motion to quash. So he's filed to quash the two subpoenas and any future subpoenas to prevent Congress from issuing subpoenas related to this case. Um, there's already a hearing scheduled for April 19th. Oh, that's soon. Well, but it has to be. Right, because these are like, when I think injunctions, I think, I cannot think of the movie. It has like Sandra Bullock in it, and she's like trying to prevent this like, building from being, it's a funny movie, like building hmm. from being torn down, and she's like standing in front of the wrecking ball, and like oh, the injunction funny. comes. She's like, I think she might be an attorney in the movie, but it's something, it's a rom-com, but like the very <laughs> beginning of it is like her like being like an activist and being like, no, don't oh, like funny. And then they get the injunction. And so anytime I think about those, that's exactly what I think of. It's like that's that funny. scene. It, it sticks in your head because you're like, oh, they stopped them from immediately tearing down this building. There was an injunction in your brain. Yeah. So it has to go fast, right? This isn't it's something like an emergency. you can yeah. hang around for. It needs to happen. If it's going to be stopped, it needs to be stopped now is the theory of these types of lawsuits. So there's a hearing already on April 19th that's scheduled. Um, And there is, this is the funniest part. And again, please don't misunderstand my funny, which a lot of people do. Um, Ironic might be the better term. Um, The irony in this case is there is a Supreme Court case that addresses this issue. And gives us a four-part test. Four-part test, and it's a recent case. And what is that lawsuit called? (laughs) Donald Trump versus Mazars USA. And it's like really, it's like 2020, right? 2020. Okay, super recent. 2020, okay. It involves, this is why it's like, We're not trying to talk about Trump, but it's everywhere, okay? This lawsuit is brag against Congress. But the case law that has the four-part test that they will be using in deciding this lawsuit is from a lawsuit about three years ago between Trump and Mazaris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... He's just in everything. And I don't trust me. everywhere. If if we never had to talk about Trump ever again in my life, it would be perfect. But... Agree. But here it is. So he's using, Bragg is using Trump's case law against Congress and congressional Republicans on the House Judiciary Commission or committee who are trying to subpoena based on Trump's investigation. So it's just full circle. It is very ironic. And this is why politics are getting brought into it. Yes. So... The four-prong test that's in my federal car, court. Yeah, I don't, again, I don't know if <laughs> can you they can see this. Can they see this? The comparison, this I don't is know. I'm going to try to take a picture and maybe even include Please it do on it, the, because that is so funny. <laughs> yeah, so for those on the audio podcast, we do record it by video and upload it to YouTube. So if you want to check it out, I am going to try to take a snapshot and include it on the Weekly Wine so you can see the chicken scratch <laughs> versus my lovely notes. Um, but because it's chicken scratch, Chelsea, I'm going to have you interpret for everyone what the four prong test is that legally will be reviewed. So these are the four things that they need to consider when reviewing congressional subpoenas, essentially. Yes. So the first one is whether the legislative request warrants the involvement of the president. So there's that. 
The second one is whether the subpoena is no broader than is reasonably necessary to support the legislative objective, which that one sounds very law schooly to me. I can think of like 18 other tests that sound. Well, the question is, what is the legislative objective? That is oh, the it's, factual it's like piece. The scrutiny levels. Like mm-hmm. that sounds very much like scrutiny levels. Yeah. Um, the next one, nature of the evidence, whether or not the nature of the evidence is requested would advance a valid purpose. So those are kind of similar. Um, Cause I think the first one is like, what, you know, does it go towards what they're saying the legislative objective is? And I think that third one is, okay, that's their objective, but is that like a reasonable, valid objective? Right. The last one um, is whether it burdens the president and may be a result of partisan politics. Right. Which I think is truly, I think the rest of them are going to be like negligible the, the sort of conversations around. Right. What's that fourth one. So, yeah. So it's basically the idea of is there a legitimate legislative purpose. Yes. That is the crux of this four-pronged test. Right. And is this narrowly, kind of narrowly tailored to that purpose? Mm-hmm. It's not a fishing expedition. And is this like a pissing match between right. parties or not? Right. Um, so the federal judge is going to have to decide and hear evidence of what is the investigation that Congress is doing. Okay. Yeah. What is the actual investigation? What is the purpose of the investigation? And I think, I mean, a valid question is going to be, well, why this, why this charge? Are you going through all of New York's? Mm-hmm. Which they're not, obviously. Right. Um, right. Why this particular prosecution? Mm-hmm. Yes, it involves the president, but even just because it involves the president, why, just because he's a public figure, why just is- because he is a former executive branch. Yes. Right. Doesn't yes. mean you necessarily have control over a state prosecution. Right. And I think with, in my opinion, just from what the brief things I read, I think to sort of win this, they would have to prove that the burden of proof to indict somebody wasn't met in New York. I think that's the right. only way they would be able to sort of make this not seem... Like right. they're just doing it because they can. Yeah. And and that's the the fourth prong is, is this just a result of partisan politics? How much is this political in nature versus right. a legitimate legislative purpose and in investigation? What's the reason for the mm-hmm. investigation? Why are they doing it? For what purpose? What are the facts that they're seeking? Mm. Are they trying to bring other charges? Are they trying to... Yeah. What federal reason do they have? And does that trump, (laughs) ha-ha, any state interest? I would be curious to see what their arguments are. I haven't really seen sort of... I feel like um, Mr. Bragg has been very open about what his position is on this, but I haven't really seen it from the other side. Yeah, what he's saying in his lawsuit is, look, I've received political and personal threats. I mean, I believe that. And and he has. It's very true. They're they're out in the open. These are public threats, um, at least politically standing, of his political nature. And then he's received at least like one package that was a potential white powder situation. Right. So he is receiving political and personal threats. Where they're coming from is a question. 
What the purpose behind them is, is a question. Is it political in nature? Is it personal in nature? What is the purpose of these threats? Who's making them? And Congress is going to say, look, we don't have anything to do with those personal threats, right? But what Bragg's argument is, is you as Congress, at least the Republican portion Mm -hmm. and the House Judiciary Committee, which is still a representative of Congress, right? The legislative body is making threats and intimidating me and my office through these means, including by these subpoenas. Yeah. So why would anybody in my office want to work for me? Right. Why would any attorney want to work for me when Congress could potentially get all involved in their life? Get involved with me, subpoena them politically affect them, Mm -hmm. even if they're not sending death threats, um, their actions and their words are causing other people to want to cause harm. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is where it's all wrapped up and this is going to happen soon. So I am foreseeing that we're going to be talking about what happens as a result of that hearing in a couple of weeks, but those are the two Biggest ones that we picked up on this week for yeah. weekly legal news. Yeah, because we're just not touching what's happened with the Supreme Court. We're, n- we're not touching that Supreme... Oh, my God. Clarence <laughs> Thomas. It's going to um, give me a heart, like heart palpitation. Yeah, so we do recognize it. Thank you for yes. seeing that. Just to throw out, we know what's happening. I have listened to my fair share of podcast on it, and I just can't can't we can't yet okay so we do recognize it's out there so if people are saying oh well it's the hottest legal weekly news well that's the weekly hottest news in the legal realm everything to talk about him we can just go back since before i was born there's a lot happening with that man and his wife there's a lot going on so we are not ignoring it ignoring it nor are we saying we won't address it but today is not that day um, we're going to kind of take a wait and see approach as to what happens next. Mm-hmm. Um, but legally speaking, there is a lot going on. Nothing official. Right. And that's where we're getting a yes. difference is nothing official has happened legally. Right. In the Clarence Thomas issue. Yes. Um, but there's a lot going on. Yeah, so. it's very interesting. I think it will be once we have more information, kind of let it develop a little bit more. I think it will be an interesting conversation. I agree. We will probably have it, but today Tomorrow is not that not day. That day. <laughs> Thank goodness. We don't have enough wine to cover that we yet. Do, we don't. You're right. And we would at least have to drink this entire bottle. We've only, we're still only on our first glasses. Um, we are not supporting alcoholism again. <laughs> yet. Yet. And that's right. Yet. <laughs> So we hope you've had a lovely, happy hour with us. We hope you've um, laughed at some things, um, but also been with us as far as the analysis that it's proved useful, Mm -hmm. explanatory. We would love for you to follow us. Um, So like, comment, subscribe to the podcast, the audio podcast and or the video one on YouTube. Um, we do upload through Podbean, mm-hmm. but it's available through all of Spotify, Apple. Music, Spotify. Apple. We're also on TikTok, guys. You can we follow are. along. Um, like you said, we're sort of diving into the summer, which will be a lot of bar mm-hmm. content, a lot of law school content. So if that's your thing, 
We'll be there. Yeah, um, absolutely. Do follow us on social media. We have social media for The Law Unscripted um, that you can find on almost anything called The Law Unscripted. So oh, look yeah. for us. Um, we are with Tarani Law. Um, I'm the, the attorney with Tarani Law. Chelsea is also with me. Um, but there is a separate... There are separate social medias for that. Mm-hmm. You can follow both of us. We would um, love it, yeah. We would love for you to follow us through The Law Unscripted plus Tarani Law. Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing both heavily through the summer. We're really excited about the law school and yes. bar journey that we're taking with Chelsea. We would love for you to join us with that. Um, stay tuned. And if you are a law student, check yes. out The Law Unscripted. The website is launching next week. Um, payment options will be available by May 1st so that you can take some of our supplemental bar classes. Yeah. See Chelsea and I, um, work talking. through the bar together. It'll be a good time. So if you like this, um, we think that yeah. you'll like what we have for the summer. We're going to be doing multiple videos through the summer together. I'll be doing multiple videos of certain subjects so you can follow along. So we hope that regular people, other attorneys and yeah. law students and undergrads are enjoying this program. Like, subscribe, and follow, and we will see you next week. Yeah, we will. It'll be a good time. Yep. I'm Virginia Tarani. And I'm Chelsea Rogers. And we're with Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer. Till you do.